The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Thank you for tuning in to the premiere episode of Beyond the Bar. I'm your host, Margaret Mullen, and I'm coming to you today from the Pacific Northwest Ballet School 2016 summer course. What are your guys' favorite like variations or ballets and why? Ooh, that's hard. I know. Do you have like two hours? <laughs> you know, it's the variety leaves lots of room for that. Yeah, I think summer course inspired. Um, was it last year that I waited the Forsyth rep? Was that just last year? The year before? Yeah, no, it was two years, two years, two years, two years, two years ago. ago. Yeah, they see the longer you're with the company, they start blending together. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a bad way. It's just a lot. Um, we did a Forsyth rep, and it was the first time I got to do in the middle, somewhat elevated, and actually over two different summer courses, I'd gotten to learn two different variations from that, or two different solos, I should say, not variations during variations class and so that was really exciting to after learning from I did I learned one from Julie Tobiasen and one from Melanie Skinner who are both former principals and uh, I didn't I did it um, the part that Carrie Imler did a different part but it was still just so exciting to I don't know you learn when you learn something as a student and you love it it's just the coolest thing ever when all of a sudden you're dancing it as a professional and especially mm -hmm. he came so William Forsyth was here and it was just <laughs> Yeah, a I got mind. to see you perform that, and it was really. Good. I was a mind blowing experience. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a remarkable experience. That was, I think, one of my favorite things ever. Just for how that came around, just loving yeah. it so much when you're a teenager, and then just, and actually, even when I was even younger too, I had an old Sylvie Guillaume documentary on VHS. <laughs> this is how different things are. <laughs> I used to have this VHS, which now there's everything on YouTube. Um, but there's a Sylvie Guillaume documentary that's actually very good, where they are making in the mm -hmm. middle. And so that was the first time I ever saw it. And then I came here a couple of years later and we were doing in variations class. So it was like this long progression of just like, oh my God, we finally get, I get to do this piece <laughs> after mm -hmm. all those experiences. So I think that was one of the best for me. <laughs> but, uh -huh. yeah. Well, um, obviously a PNB, so I never really had variations class before I came to PNB. So every variation I learned was Balanchine. But I have to say, one of my favorite classes um, were, it was just an interesting time because Kelly Bull taught us chai pa, mm. but without a guy. So we, like, we did everything, <laughs> but like, we didn't have our partners, <laughs> which expected everything to be full out. And it was just kind of a crazy experience. So, <laughs> she you know, could you do, do it without a partner. She could. She could. Yeah. Kelly was amazing, yes. No. <laughs> But um, in terms of like one of my favorite ballets, like not really having to do with variations class, um, I have to say Diamonds is just up nice. there for me. Um, and I actually got to perform it as a PD, first year PD, um, and I got to perform it with the company, and it was just like the most magical thing ever. So and the music good. too, yeah, it's just to die for. I, know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just you can't beat it. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, <oof>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, short list, very quickly. Uh, <laughs> A Million Kisses My Skin, the ballet Maggie was talking about by David Dawson, was a major growing experience for me because that was one of the first times I really stepped outside of my comfort zone. Um, and not because the movement is, it's just extreme ballet, which is just absolutely wonderful, but it just, 
the courage to put yourself out there can be can be hard, and that was definitely a ballet that was that way for me. Um, Petite Mort, I got to Price and I got to do Petite Mort together, which was it was like three months after we got married, mm -hmm. and that ballet just to the day, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to the day. Uh, that ballet, it just is wonderful. It just there are those ballets out there that just feel right and and it does and and I and I don't do a ton barefoot or this or that but it's just yeah it was just a wonderful experience I mean we'd go in the studio and work by ourselves and and it's just so wonderful the music's so wonderful the choreography's so wonderful our stager Roz was mm -hmm. one of the best people to the day that I've worked with um that was incredible and then this last season I got to do Siren and Prodigal Son and that was a really cool experience. That was, I mean, my first, like, big, big, big leading role. Um, and we got to work with Peter. And just having him coach you, and he has so much knowledge. And it just, it was so cool. Because it was a part that's very outside my comfort zone. It, it requires a lot of, like, acting, while also not. Because she's <laughs> just so dry and so dead. Um, but it just, yeah, it was so so cool to work on it was so wonderful because the like support that i felt from everyone during it was far more than i could ever imagine and ask for it was just yeah it was super cool and it was another just big growing experience so so yeah that was a long list sorry <laughs> oh okay i have a four-way tie so of course petite mort was amazing um getting to dance together was awesome uh, but even beyond that, like it's just that ballet is incredible, and so happened that um, it's a collection of potatas and then some other dancing. Uh, just so happened that we were actually cast to do my favorite potata. Yeah, mine. Um, and so uh, it all just like the stars aligned for that moment, and it just like goes incredible. Uh, there's this right before the potata starts. We stand. We do this run around the stage, and then. We, we stood, like... During the pot of the performance. Right, yeah, we stood basically in the dark, um, just standing there, kind of soaking in the moment while this other pot of it was finishing up. And, like, getting ready to do, like, one of your favorite things, staring out at 3,000 seats, like, just ready to, like, take the stage was just... That feeling is just... It's like jumping, what I would imagine, jumping out of an airplane is like. It just feels... <laughs> it feels so incredible. Um, second... Uh, the Forsyth rep two years ago. We have a list of quotes from Bill. Oh, I see that. It's on my phone. I'll give it to yeah. you. Um, Bill Forsyth is just, he's one of the most inspirational people um, anyone can work with. He's an insanely talented, gifted choreographer and innovative, but just he invests in you like you're a principal with Paris Opera Ballet, even though you're some core member here at PMB. Like, he looks at you just like he does anyone, and he just he pushes you and encourages you along the way. Um, but I got to do Vertiginous Thrill of Exactitude um, with um, the other man, and it was Kyle Davis, who's a really good friend of mine, and we got to work on it together and perform it together, um, which was just, it was incredible. We talk about like feeling camaraderie, you know, that was just a great, great experience. Um, two others that tie into summer course, I learned uh, from Peter um, Oberon, the scherzo section, I learned at a summer course the first time 
um, from Midsummer Night's Dream, and I actually, when I was an apprentice, um, got to learn it and do a, a school performance. And then, next time it came around a few years later, I actually got to do um, shows. And so that was—it's funny because Peter taught me as a student, and then as an apprentice, and then um, a couple years into the company. So it was our like third time. Uh, learning that part together, um, and same thing with uh, solo and agon. Mm. I learned it. Actually, I learned that from Peter, from Ben Griffiths, from um, Jonathan Peretta, <laughs> from Paul Gibson, oh and from Francie uh, Russell. <laughs> and all five of them had their own versions of the solo. So um, over the years, I got to learn that, and then got to perform it. And so. Did we do that to you? Yeah, that we was did. like. Eight I know it was years a really ago. long time ago. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it feels like a long time. It feels like a long time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, those are my like four favorite things I've gotten to do. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Petite Mortis. Uh, have you seen it? I highly recommend seeking it out. It's mm. an incredible ballet. Yeah. Actually, I saw that, and the first time I ever saw that, miraculously, was in Tucson, which is <laughs> very hot. <laughs> Hubbard Street had uh, mm. toured with it, and yeah. it just it changed my life just being in the audience for that. I didn't know that that kind of dance existed. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that was... To do it here a couple of times has been really special. It's yeah. just like, there, you know, like, inevitably there's a part, like, in a ballet that you really love, or, like, a part you really love that you're so petrified of, you know, like, <laughs> some element that's going to go wrong or something, and there's none of that in yeah. Petite Mort. And so it just, like, ah, oh, it's just the coolest experience. Like, it's <laughs> so much fun to mm. do, because it's just... Our, the ballet master, um, Otto Newbert, who rehearses it, uh, he described it as, like, the best appetizer you've ever had. <laughs> it's, like, the perfect bite. You know, it's just, it's refreshing, it's amazing, you're so satisfied afterwards, and that's how it feels doing it. You just feel so incredible the whole time. Until you drop your sword. Um, <laughs> the guys the have a beginning. way more stressful experience. And <laughs> yeah, I say, the sword dance in silence. The, yeah. the, the whole thing. The element. <laughs> and you, I, uh, I have a video of it. I, like, go to, like, roll the my foil, and it's supposed to just go right around you and come right back. And, of course, mine was bent, and so it rolled way across the stage. So on the video, I was, like, I ran across the stage, grabbed it, and ran back, and I had it, and, like, nothing happened. Uh, but, yeah. Still, though, it was it's still an amazing experience, even with that. So that's the most stressful experience. Even at standing, all the women are standing at the back of the stage the whole time, the whole beginning, and it starts with the men with all these foils like in fencing, and they start out even just with it balanced on one finger, and trying to watch these men <laughs> get their balance because they have to start walking backwards, and to watch them setting up before and how many times, and some people have theirs and they're just waiting for the one person <laughs> to get theirs, and they're just like, please hurry up because I can't hold this, and you're just standing back there watching the men. Nervously, mm -hmm. hoping they're gonna get this. Yeah, I would love to have a video of like right before the curtain goes up, oh, and then that. from the back, watching our faces walking backwards because no one can see us, but like the stress and the, <laughs> the sheer panic on our faces is you're like, just don't fall, don't fall, don't fall, you know, don't drop it. But yeah, one finger. <laughs> <laughs> That's the stressful part. Everything yeah. else is fine. Yeah, once you get past that, it's smooth sailing. I feel stressed just watching it. <laughs> you can always see something happen. <laughs> anyway. Um, on a little bit different note, from your hometowns coming to Seattle, was that a big adjustment? And do you guys now love it? And I know the weather can sometimes be gloomy in the winter, <laughs> but do you guys have any favorite Seattle things? 
So I'm from Kansas, and so I was very like, you know, Midwest, like, Wichita is a bigger city for Kansas, but it's not a big city. So, like, I was exposed to New York City before I was exposed to Seattle, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> like, I can't do this, like, I'm not going to be able to function. But Seattle is, like, as a city, is so, it's a big city, but not, like, it's not intimidating, it's so just like... You know, it's nature-filled, it's all that, you know, it's just not overwhelming. And so it was actually a fairly smooth transition, which I didn't expect it to be. Um, and I mean, I now, like, I love, love Seattle. We're, we're very big coffee people, so mm -hmm. obviously that's a major thing for us. Like, yeah. we have our favorite little coffee spots and this and that. But, um, yeah, I don't know, it was actually far easier than I expected it to be, because Seattle's just a very welcoming just easy city it's very like for people who are you know big city people it's incredibly welcoming i think and then for like small town midwest like that kind of thing like again it just i don't know it has like everything to offer to me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh yeah so i'm from westfield indiana which is just north it's like 30 minutes north of indianapolis which again is like a fairly good sized city um, but near my the house that my parents had, there's like four cornfields, you know, that like circle it. So I would say I'm, you know, fairly small townish. Um, and I went to school in New York City for two years, so I was kind of used to like the concrete jungle um, feel. Uh, so then coming out here, I thought it was so strange, like driving from the airport down to downtown, that there were so many trees. Um, I was like, oh, when will we get to the city? And then I realized, like, oh, this is the city, you know? Um, it's incredible. There's, you know, there's trees all over the place. You, you know, you can see two different mountain ranges either direction. Um, you know, you're never more than a couple hours drive to just complete wilderness, which is incredible. And the weather... People talk about Seattle gloominess all the time, but it is the perfect sweater weather all year <laughs> round until you get to the summer where it's like the most beautiful like mid-70s, maybe 80 degrees, like shorts weather. So like personally, I absolutely love the weather here. It is perfect and it doesn't actually rain nearly as much as people say it yeah. does. Mm -hmm. So Seattle is definitely like home mm -hmm. now and very, very comfortable for me. Yeah, I was I was unsure if I would. My first couple years in the company, I loved Seattle so much. Anything from coming for the summer, it, I it almost felt like a playground. Though, like it didn't feel <laughs> real when I started living here. I was like, oh, living here, like not just visiting for the summer and tooling around and going and seeing things. It's like, oh, this is where we live now. Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a little bit odd, but yeah, I had at first difficulty adjusting because I am from the desert. Um, <laughs> Tucson is, yeah, we have cacti. Mm -hmm. We have some trees, like there's eucalyptus trees and palm trees. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Mostly <laughs> cactus. No standing water. We are, I've, I was used to mountains, but that was actually something that threw me off was just the water. The mm -hmm. open, like the vastness of the water kind of freaked me out when I yeah. first came here. <laughs> because I just, I was used to being landlocked by mountains. Mm -hmm. um, so that was an interesting adjustment. Also, tall buildings. Fun fact about Tucson, you'll learn this, you'll never need to know it. Um, <laughs> so there's a, lot of a, uh, there's a lot of study of stars in Tucson. It's a big uh, science mecca at the University of Arizona. And there's actually a building ordinance where buildings have to be built under 
a certain height to avoid light pollution, and there's a certain kind of bulb that we use too that mm. avoids light pollution because it's perfect for telescopes. That's cool. But on the flip <laughs> side of that, I was not used to having any kind of tall buildings. To be. <laughs> we had like three tall buildings and that's it. Uh -huh. Like downtown, is just, everything's just short. Yeah. So that was an adjustment. But something that helps me too is, I mean, I just love the city so much. It's beautiful. You just, yeah. the greenery. And I've fallen more and more in love with it every single year. I just mm -hmm. want to live here forever now. And oh, my yeah. fiance is from here originally, actually. So that increased my love. I have this, this tie here. So I just mm -hmm. kind of... Yeah, it's a really amazing city. It's city yeah. and water and trees and, you know, yeah. just everything, which is great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me, um, this is where I have to live because I'm so pale. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need the cloud cover. And I, I lived in Salt Lake, um, not last season, but the season before, after my PD years. And it was too much sun, so <laughs> I had to move back. Um, but for me, it wasn't a huge transition um, coming from Gig Harbor, Washington to here, 45 minutes. So it wasn't a huge move up the highway. Um, but yeah, I just, it was fun. Um, it's different living somewhere than just occasionally going up and whatever. And I'd visited Seattle all my life, but there's different, you know, we would go to the Science Center and things like that. But just getting to know Seattle as the city it is was uh, really fun for me and living here like I'm such a city person because I don't really want a car I'm ubering everywhere it's just the easier way yeah. <laughs> Maggie and I uber pooled yes, yesterday and did. it took 45 minutes <laughs> to get like a short distance um, so, you know there's pros and cons to everything but um but yeah I love living in the city and Seattle is my my place and family nearby so it's a very easy city to live in and yeah I can't really think of any other a lot of other places where I'd you know feel mm -hmm. so for, for you guys was it like I mean do you feel like comfortable very comfortable last summer when it was my first time like out of the Midwest to the west, yeah, yeah. To the west coast. <laughs> I had never taken that long of a plane ride before yeah. <laughs> um so I just perfect yeah. combination of outdoors and yeah. mm -hmm. um, but then the same as city because I've actually lived in New York for the mm -hmm. past four years mm -hmm. so um, that was like Michigan to New York to now here is yeah. the perfect combination. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. nice. And the West Coast is a little more relaxed yeah. than the East Coast, which I enjoy also. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For like easygoing people, as you can probably tell us, <laughs> we like the West Coast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I live in Richland, Washington, so that's on the other side of the state. It's about mm -hmm. like three and a half hours away. Mm -hmm. And so I've visited Seattle so many times, so I'm kind yeah. of used to it. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. I'm from the south, so like it's hot and like everything, and it's kind of nice to have a cooler weather. And it <laughs> yeah. rains a lot too, so I'm kind of mm -hmm. used to it. Yeah, so it's very nice, and people are so nice. I do miss cool. thunderstorms. That's yeah, I do too. When we get like our one clap of thunder a year, I get really excited, yes. and then it's it's over. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> but strangely comforting. Uh -huh. We were talking about that at the end of the season. Yeah. Oh, um, did you ever get any injuries when you were like a student or like anything? I, I got a really funny injury my very first summer course here um, <laughs> when I was 13. So in the old dorms, what was it, 48 girls or something around there shared two showers at the old dorms. <laughs> <laughs> and there would be a literal stampede to get to the showers first off of the charter bus. Mm -hmm. 
and myself and a couple other people got caught in a stampede once <laughs> and I twisted my knee and I was out for like a week and a half <laughs> of my first summer course which also I got to know the teacher is better that way too <laughs> because it's like I had to go up every day and say I can't dance today yeah it was very embarrassing um so yes I definitely <laughs> that's my strangest injury today but yeah we Injuries happen all the time for us now, but it's not, I didn't, I wasn't injured as much as a student because I wasn't dancing as much or switching between styles as much mm -hmm. too. Um, but yeah, that was, that happened here. So that was a unique experience. <laughs> I think it was like the second week or something. It was oh, terribly embarrassing. At least I got to dance by the end of it, but trying to explain what happened to the teachers was <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I got trampled by other girls <laughs> rushing to the showers. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't think of myself as like injury prone, but when I like start to write the list, it's kind of funny. Uh, I've, I've sprained my ankles um, ten times um, through like over both of them. Um, I've lost count as to which one is, what, you know. But um, ten I times. Laugh at that. that's, that's oh, it's laughable it. now. <laughs> Um, it's the way my ankles are built, you know, and I have to be really conscious of that, and I've gotten better about it. But, um, so I've done that. Um, right now I have a back injury, but <laughs> the funniest, I think the most, like, interesting injury I ever had was when Twyla Tharp was here choreographing a new ballet on the company. <laughs> I was um, at home doing dishes and I was putting our You were not doing the dishes. I was putting some things <laughs> away. And I was taking a food processor and putting it on the shelf and the blade fell out of it and it cut my toe, my big toe, which those blades are really sharp. I was in the other <laughs> so, room and I heard him be like, hey, can you just can you just bring me a towel? I dropped the food processor <laughs> blah. And I was like, oh yeah, sure, whatever. And I came in and there was blood like on the wall, on the carpet. And, like, I was like, what? Well, I, like, I ended up having Break to get a bunch of stitches. Um, but <laughs> Having to tell Twyla Tharp, hey, I have to take, you know, a week off from your brand new ballet because I dropped a food processor <laughs> on my foot was probably the most interesting interesting thing I've ever had to do in my career. She and called him like the culinary genius the culinary or the culinary whiz. wizard or yeah. what? <laughs> For the week. For like the next like four weeks I was the culinary whiz. Uh, so yeah, that was probably the most interesting like quote unquote injury I've ever had. <laughs> Yeah, I can't top that, so I'm leaving that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mine are more serious, but <laughs> yeah, it's serious I don't feel like going into it now. Yeah. <laughs> injuries are a way of life for professional dancers. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I would say on average we usually have between at least one to three people out at any given point in the season, and not yeah. because of anyone's. It's just it's such a physically demanding. Mm -hmm job yeah <laughs> that everyone's someone's always going to be guaranteed that was something at some time yeah. so I say as a professional dancer I don't think it's how do I avoid injuries it's more how do I deal with ours because mm -hmm. every single person has things here and there it's just the way it is um, it's not a bad thing it's just you know that's mm -hmm. how we are um, and as you get older and you get injured more times you actually learn um, better practices to to come back stronger and um, you know, you learn how to nurse things and how to um, get better faster and all that. Yeah. 
And you learn too, as, as it becomes more, the more you dance during a day, you learn the things you have to do to take care of yourself on a daily basis. How much stretching is right for your body? Mm-hmm. How much ice is right for your body? How yeah. much, you know, all these little things that add up and what kind of, you know, diet do you need to be on, you know, for energy for throughout the day? Like mm-hmm. what kind of things make, give you the most energy, you know, is all, you just learn all of these things, the more yeah. hours you add to your day. Oh. And you learn, I think, as you get into the upper classes and when you start going away for things like professional division programs or things like that, you start really learning quickly mm-hmm. because your days are long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so you have to learn all the tricks. But mm-hmm. yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah, injuries are common. I've learned that Pilates is a great thing. Um, I, we are lucky enough to have like a Pilates studio in our building. So every morning I go in there and I just, you know, get warmed up and I think it, it really helps and I try to take classes from the great teachers that we have here too, the Pilates instructors. So it's it's good. You just need to, to do what you can to stay strong and there are always going to be those times though when things creep up and mm-hmm. you can't really prevent. For me, it's the feet and there's not a whole, like I do the therabands, I, you know, I do all this stuff for them, but there's a certain flexibility in my feet that is hard to overcome with, you know, strengthening, and uh, there's just times when, you know, I'll just, injuries will happen, and <laughs> it'll, it, yeah, it's fine though, so. <laughs> Transitioning <laughs> into, like, injuries, what would you guys, like, do if you didn't do ballet like once you thinking long term like once you retire like what would you be interested in doing <laughs> being well, 18 well, I, <laughs> we all know he yes. is I was going to say Price is going to be a star choreographer <laughs> I would love I would absolutely love to um, pursue a career in choreography um, it's a passion uh, but uh, you know I'm working on it so mm-hmm. we'll see yeah. I love to write um, I'm writing for a few different blogs now, um, but I just, I've always loved to write. And so, yeah, so I'm working on getting integrated. I'm working on finishing up an English degree and then getting integrated into, you know, the dance writing community mm-hmm. because I have the, the background in ballet. So using that uh, to get into writing is what I'd like to do. And what are your current blogs so they can... Uh, oh, uh, well, <laughs> we're writing a monthly cooking... Th- well, I'm writing a monthly cooking <laughs> thing from us. I'm taking the credit, but I'm not doing anything. <laughs> right. uh, for P&B's blog, and then I'm writing for a blog called Four Dancers um, now. So that'll start this season. Great. <laughs> yeah, and I've I've always planned to be heavily involved in dance no matter what so (laughs) I've spent a few years teaching during the summers consistently um, and coaching when I'm home Um, I also choreograph so I hope to pursue that more and then I'm working on a documentary film which I'm hoping will be one of many um, directing and producing with uh, I have a film partner in New York Nell Shelby who is actually a resident videographer for Jacob's Pillow so we'll see her there and Vail International Dance Festival so we're working on that together and yeah, I've I've just got big goals of staying in the, da- the dance yeah. field. I'd love to be an artistic artistic director someday, but we'll we'll see how that goes. And now we have the podcast, so yeah, keeping busy, <laughs> career transition, <laughs> building the resume, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. Hopefully, helping dancers. I, I can't imagine. Yeah, just totally giving up. You know, ballet and some on some level because I've been involved in it since I was basically born. So, <laughs> um, but right now I'm taking some business classes, so I'm not really quite sure what I want to do with that yet. But I would love to like own my own business or. I like being creative and, and, you know, good. I'm organizational and, you know, good at that. So I think 
could work out, but yeah. still kind of figuring out which I have time, so it's nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dance gives you a really strong basis of <laughs> hard work and dedication mm -hmm. and follow through, which really can take you anywhere. I'm um, one of the can talk about this since we're <laughs> recording. One of the big goals of this podcast is going to be really to not just talk about dance like we are now in a lighthearted way, but also talk about um, some of the lows that happen and some of that having to do with injuries and career transitions and what people have done to change their lives and still be involved or still contribute to the art form. One of the podcasts that's going to come out uh, pretty soon after this one is going to be with a friend of mine that we grew up dancing together and she is now a physical therapist by trade and very passionate about it and just has a really interesting perspective having danced all of her life and she has a deep passion for dance and physical health and everything, but just took her in a different direction, which is interesting too. So yeah, hope to talk about that a lot mm. on the show. Tune in. <laughs> um, how is it like balancing like uh, being a dancer and also like uh, going to college and doing? It, it can be a lot. I mean, we're lucky here because they have, it's called Second Stage, They have a, and it's a partnership with Seattle University, which is one of the local schools, um, and they brought professors to us. Um, which was really, because I mean it's hard with our schedule, because there's some people who try to squeeze in a class, like an 8 a.m. class, but then you're running to the, you know, campus, and then you're running from campus to try to make it here for class and this and that. And so what they did is the professors came and we finished at, we finished at 7, and they, we'd have class from like 7.15 to 9.15, um, maybe twice a week. Um, and it's a lot to be in the building from 9.15 in the morning or 9.30 or whenever you get here till 9.30 at night. Like, it's a long day, um, and it's a lot. But I mean, it was very beneficial for me. It, I got all my general stuff, I got all my electives, like all that stuff done. Um, and for some people, you know, they'll, they'll go to campus and they'll finish up that way or this or that. Um, and some people, like myself, like I've got everything done for now that I can because um, I just kind of have to wait to finish off the last few classes. But it's a lot, but it's just like, I mean, when I look back at when I was in school, like high school, and you know, going to school in the day, and then going straight to ballet, and taking multiple classes, and then coming home and doing homework, you don't realize, like, you've done it too, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, it can be heavy, but, but it's also manageable, and it's just about, you know, everyone who does this is fairly disciplined, I'd say, and so, it's just applying that in a different way. Um, so yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I've basically done the online route just because, like Emma said, it's hard, you know, going all day and all night here and having to wrap up your day with a class. Um, but, and also it depends on the path you want to go, like, because I don't think that they offer a business kind of thing here. So. I take through um, the community college, uh, and they have a great online program, actually. So it's very easy, and um, you can do it whenever. You know, it's pretty flexible too. So it's it's great. If I have a show, I can plan ahead or whatever. So um, that's what I'm planning on doing, and then I'm going to transfer once I get enough credits at the community college where I've kind of used all that up, I'm going to transfer to probably WSU, Washington State University online, because they have a great bachelor degree program. So there are ways of getting around it and doing it entirely online, and that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so. My mom will love to hear that. <laughs> Amanda Clark just got her master's through an online program. It's amazing how much you can do online mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. like it's, mm -hmm. no, it's crazy. Yeah, And mm -hmm. it is important. We all have... But 
to keep in mind the transition. You know, as you as you get older, we all have it coming. It's not a terribly long career, so we all have yeah. to be mindful of what we're working towards as artists, but also you know what we're going to do after. So, mm-hmm. but it's also good to have you know kind of another outlet. I was going to say a way to use your brain in a dif- different way. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. I kind of miss it because sometimes I don't take a class like every quarter I don't necessarily take a class and then I'm kind of like why am I not taking a class like <laughs> I have more time than I think in my day I, you know and you always think oh it's so like busy and hectic but there is time for it and I always kind of miss it just because it's a different thing to do so yeah mm-hmm. I was going to say for some people it's you know it's a release from the stress of you know the day here or this or that so so yeah it helps kind of create a balance mm-hmm. Definitely. Any other questions? How has dance like really impacted your life? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. <laughs> uh, I got married. Yep, to that's our answer. <laughs> that's a pretty good answer, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I think dance has impacted my life um, kind of just in endless ways, but I think most surprisingly to me, especially in the last year as I've been looking at certain projects I've wanted to take on, I've always had this deep love for dance, to do it, to create it, you know, to teach it. But I think it's also opened my eyes to how important it is for me to um, reach out to young dancers and help them build their dreams of dance too. Um, it, I think that's actually been the way that it's touched my life the most, um, is really just lighting that fire and wanting to share stories that will be inspiring and wanting to give the information that will get you on the right roads, you know, so that you don't have to have, you know, unfortunate struggles to get where you want to be and so that you feel strong and inspired and empowered to go after what you want. That's actually, I think, how it's shaped my life, especially just in the last year the most. And it's one of the reasons I'm doing this right now. So is just trying to pay everything forward and build the next generation stronger and more confident. So that's you guys. <laughs> you can do anything. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty amazing to get to do something that makes people happy too. And that, you know, you wake up, I, I turn the Today Show and there's like a bunch of bad news or whatever. But I'm like, I'm going to work and I get to do something that's beautiful and you know, what I, my passion and um, so, uh, yeah, I feel lucky to, that's how it's impacted me, is just kind of, it takes you out of the real world in a sense, which is kind of fun. Yeah. You kind of get to, you get to portray a different character or person on stage or, you know, you have all these different ways of kind of being someone else for a little bit and then you go back to reality and <laughs> there you are. So Yeah, yeah, and, and people appreciate it so much. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing to be an artist. It's a beautiful thing to create art, again, in a world where there are things that are very sad that are happening around us all the time and people appreciate it. This is something, coming to see the ballet is something so many people love. It's why we have th- this beautiful, huge theater. People come to see you know great art created and they come to escape these things and they come to feel inspired and feel alive and feel in touch with the beauty that is in our world too and it's it's an incredible thing to be a part of really when you think about it i've i've run into a few audience members in the last couple years that will that have said that they're just they're so appreciative of the experience Mm -hmm. which is an incredible thing so yeah for all of us to be involved in that and also just such an old tradition too it's a very cool world to be in yeah. <laughs> it's you know 
Mm-hmm. It's been around for a while, ballet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like passed on from person to person, yeah. you know. There's no written, you know, book on, textbook on ballet that you it's have to flip through and yeah. do homework for. It's like, it's from her, a person, mm-hmm. so that's really cool. It's a good reminder, like, um, on the, like, 38th show of Nutcracker, when you're miserable, you know, <laughs> this year, when I've cut holes in my point shoes because my core, like, I have a horrific corn on a foot, and so I have to, like, cut a hole and, you know, manage to get through, you know, whatever I'm doing that show. When you go out the stage door and you see these little, like, seven, eight-year-old girls in their huge, like, ball gown dresses, and they're they're just, like, giddy, excited after the show, and it's such a good reminder of the joy that you can just bring with it because you're not necessarily feeling that joy on stage you know you're like man why are people still coming to this Uh, but but it's perspective that that doesn't matter because at the end of the day you gave this little girl this just like excited just joyful feeling and hopefully she'll carry that with her and you know that's what makes it worth it to me Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a very, like, we're lucky to get to do that. That seems like a really great stopping place <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in, and please continue to follow this podcast. We'll have a wide variety of shows and guests, um, different perspectives on the dance world, and I'm so happy to have had this as our first episode, having a few different generations in the room all discussing our PNB experience, and... Thank you all so much for being here and being my guests today. Keep tuning in. That's it for Beyond the Bar. I'm your host, Margaret Mullen, and I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>